Welcome back to the podcast for the love of cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 318 B. B. Thank you. The second episode for the week, we will now discuss our thoughts on Tar, multiple Academy Award nominee with Kate Blanchett. With you of that discussion, Grayson and Roger. Chris no longer with us tonight. Well, he's not no longer. He's just not with us tonight. He's in a better place. <laughs> you make it sound like he's dead. <laughs> Maybe he's, he is. Who, who knows? Roger knows. No one else does. For the episode discussing Magic Mike's Last Dance, including the whole box office breakdown, what streaming and trailer talk, check out episode 318A posted on Tuesday to 21. If you have trouble finding it, look it up under its actual given name of Magical Michael the Third. That is incorrect, listener. That's not the actual given name. Incorrect. Well, yeah, Roger, let's talk be. about... Let's talk... Okay, so... I was okay, so I watched this. I did some reading. I wanted, if if you could just bear with me for this, you know, this is the second episode for the week. You know, we usually try anywhere from, you know, zero minutes to 30, 30 35, absolute forty five. But this is not one of those. Anywhere from thirty minutes here is good. I want to try. Right. I want to try a different approach. All right. Tar has been nominated for several awards, so yes, its quality probably isn't in question. What yeah. I wanted to what I want to talk about is. Something now I did on the last episode we talked about well sorry the last B episode, the second episode for the week, we talked about everything everywhere all all, all, all at once. And yeah. that movie has a ton to discuss and we kinda got in the weeds with, you know, what was great about it, what was okay about it, you know, mediocre, what we thought anyway. And mm-hmm. I think we made the mistake I, I saw when, we, when when I was editing the episode is I, I think with the Oscar films is it's our it's it's quality. We're not talking I mean, it's been nominated for many awards here. So I want to gear this conversation more towards, you know, the the layman terms of what does tar mean to the average person, and if they watch it, how do they help break this movie down? Because this movie is also not an easy one to break down. It is not. Like many, you know, films nominated for multiple Oscars, and you know, it's as Chris and I would say, you know, pinky up high art is. I don't agree with that most of the time. I actually, the more. The more movies I watch, the more the more I read, you know, essays from from people about directors and what they're trying to do. The less I believe that a movie like Tar by itself would be nominated. So I just kind of want to gear the discussion with for the for Oscar films going forward, kind of in that direction, is kind of just talking about the product as a whole and how that relates to possible oscar wins if that's okay with you roger all right all right so let's jump into this rotten tomatoes 91 percent. audience score 73 percent. obviously there's some kind of disconnect there that is a big that's a that's an 18 point sway it's a big deal um for an oscar nominated film for the for the that's kind of a that's a that's a that's a that's too big of a deficit for me to just go for it to go unnoticed for me. And Roger, do you have the uh, Metacritic up, sir? If you could. I I do. Would you like to take a guess at the Metacritic? <sighs> extremely high or extremely low? I'm not telling. I'm gonna go with seventy four. It's a ninety two. Jesus, I was off by that one. Um, ninety two. Well, okay. So, Tar. If you're listening to this episode and you've seen Tar. Just bear with us for 30 minutes. So, all right. Kate Blanchett obviously is is a powerhouse all to herself. Um, she uh, one point of note, I love Kate Blanchett yeah, and everything. She's amazing and she's everything she's in. Nina Haas 
as Sharon Goodnow, Naomi Merlant, if Francesca Lentini, Mark Strong, whom I also love as Elliot Kaplan. Who has the worst fucking hair I have ever seen in my life. No wonder he's bald in every movie. <laughs> I was asking myself, like, I wonder if some part of this, they just said, he looked in the mirror, and he goes, God, this is an awful, they want me to <laughs> look like this. I love he, it. <laughs> and then, like, he does, does, does that thing where, like, he looks in the mirror, up at his, like, through the mirror, up at his stylus, he's like, can you make it worse? And just yes. seeing what they could do with it. Julian Glover is Andres Davis. Alan Goodener as Sebastian Goodnow. Sophie Cower. Sylvia Flott, Vincent Riotta, directed by directed and written by Todd Field, who hasn't given us anything for a while. So, Roger, in your best ability, what is Tar about? So, Tar is um, it is a fictional portrayal of a female conductor, a maestra, uh, as as she's wont to be called, uh, Lydia Tar, um, about uh, how her life is going at one critical juncture, I guess. Um, the thing with Tar is it takes place over a relatively short amount of time. Uh, I'd say about a two and a half week time frame. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, it's not it's not as long as it might seem, but it's a shorter it's a it's a somewhat short time frame. And the shorter the time frame it is, it's the more powerful the movie is. Yep, absolutely. So um, that's that's really it. Um, she is uh, conductor, or excuse me, the the maestra of the one of the well i guess probably the most famous orchestra in the world the berlin symphony um so it's going through basically a lot of her day-to-day life about how she sets it up as they're preparing for a a live recording of something and then some news goes sideways for her and things kind of spiral out of control from there so like i mean it's a, it's a good i mean <clears throat> things are the best they can be for her in the beginning and in the end she's not great, Bob. She's literally on the other side of the world, and things are the worst they could possibly be. So, in that kind of a kind of a look into someone of, I mean, this is very much a character arc story in in in, in that way. How it like they start out one place, and at the end they're completely in a different place. Like it's yep, it's very obvious what that that's what that's going on. So let's talk about Kate Blanchett for 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 a minute. Fucking awesome! I, I will never besmirch Kate Blanchett and I will not hear anyone besmirch Kate Blanchett. She has proven her bones again and again. She, if you ask me, she's one of the leading ladies in, in, in Hollywood bar none. Like when I say one of, I mean like there might be five on her level and that, and and fair enough. That's the highest level, like five, maybe. Um, and she is and the way she plays Lydia Tarr is, is so, I, I want to say it's, it, I don't want to say robotic, but it's almost that way of like, she knows how good she is and yep. she kind of acts like it too. And that's, it's kind of an interesting way to look at that character too, is mm-hmm. she's so confident in her arrogance that she just acts arrogant all the time. And it's well, fun to watch. The, she's one of the best in the world and she knows it. Well, she is. I mean, she is the, she is the premier maestra in the world and that's mm-hmm. people keep telling her that and feeding her ego. So we start with an interview and this is like a Tarantino interview <laughs> with like the most long-winded interview possible. Mm-hmm. Um, as you'll notice, this movie is what two and a half, almost like two forty, something like 237 that. Two thirty-seven is the official runtime, so about two and a half before credits. So okay, let's say two and a half. And it, so okay, what, well, one other thing too, uh, I do want to bring up before you dig into it. This movie is kind of weird. It has part of the credits before the opening sequence. I did, I did notice that, and it's not just. I a haven't few seen minutes. a movie like that in a while. It's 
it's not just a few minutes. It's like it's several. It's minutes. like four. It's yeah, like four of, minutes long. Uh, of the credits bef- before the the movie, but so we walk into an interview where she is she's being interviewed, and, and the guy's she's asking, being interviewed by the New Yorker, by the way, which is as hoity-toity pinkies up as you get, bro. <laughs> right, and he's asking her some pretty decent questions, and she's knocking him out of the park. Um, and that's the thing is she's at her most. This is. You know, there are lots of clues there that this she is at her most egotistical right now. And the best version of Lydia Tarr is this dickhead. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and that this is that it all goes kind of downhill from there, as it it just it really does because I mean that's the end interview, and we this is the world that we're live we're in for the next you know two hours, two and a half hours is the world of like there are already just a handful of people in the world that can do what she does. And mm-hmm. out of that handful, there's a small amount of them that are on the anywhere close to the level that she is with, you know, reading, interpreting, and then conducting music, which is so one movie I instantly wanted to compare this to in my head over and over again was whiplash. Okay. With, um, and I don't know if that's a good comparison, but as far as what, what we have here is like a, it's almost like a character study. Whiplash focused on J.K. Simmons and um, what's the guy's name? Oh, Miles Teller. Focused on those two and their relationship. And you know, they're Miles Teller is supposed to be this amazing up and coming drummer, and he's about to be shown that maybe he's not quite the what he you know all that in a bag of chips that he thinks he is. Yep. And then J.K. Simmons kind of takes him on a ride through the whole film, and it's it's wonderful to watch. So, did you get any any, any of those vibes from this one? Mm, not really no sorry See, buddy oh no that, that, that that's that's fair that's fair but it's just there's not too many movies with music as the main focus no there's the... not uh one thing i do want to mention to love it or hate it for what this movie is the sound mix in this movie is fucking incredible incredible man i got to take full advantage obviously we didn't watch this movie in a theater uh, i got to take full advantage of my dolby atmos surround sound so it was glorious. I'll bet you your house shook when some of those, like the all the orchestra warming up, because those were all yes. loud. Those were it's, so it's loud. loud. It's clear. It's beautiful. It's what beautiful. What, what was beautiful that, music? What was that before the the home movies? What the the, the THX that did that? The, the, like, wow! Yeah, yeah, like the the ramp up and it got so loud. Like that's what I remember. Did that a whole lot. Is so took that, me a long time to tune my my stuff correctly. Right, by the way. So did it? Did it? Good thing I was good at it. Did it shake your like foundation, or did it not? It'll vibrate the floor for sure. Oh, good. Okay, that's that's what we like. So, I also didn't watch this in the theater. I mean, I did the first time weeks in you know into twenty twenty two, like October, November twenty twenty two. So it's been a long time. But I watched this one at home. Uh, I bought it on Apple TV. Um, I couldn't find it anywhere to watch. Grayson it. I owns Tar. It I, is available to watch on Peacock <laughs> at no charge. <laughs> I didn't know that it was on Peacock, and I kept I kept searching for it, and it doesn't say that on IMDb on Peacock. So I was just like, oh fuck, I couldn't find it in a theater anywhere. Which just weeks before it was playing in multiple theaters for at least several show times a day. So I thought for sure I was going to be able to catch that, but I was wrong. So I, I wrong. It, is, it is now in my you know ever expanding film library on my phone that I have access to through Apple Cloud, so I can listen to it while I'm working. But so I mean, I'll get my money's out of it. Just a matter of how long it takes me to get my money's worth out of it. But anyway, back to the movie is one thing I noticed with the sound is you're talking about the orchestra queuing up. And then like when someone knocks on her door Mm -hmm. and she hears the loud, you know, like whatever sound is, 
is so abrupting and it throws your TV off. Like you, you think you have to turn your TV down. Mm-hmm. What I noticed about the sound design in this movie is it's it's alarming to us, but it's also meant it's 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 alarming to her too. Yeah. So we're 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 hearing it the same way she's hearing it. In a if that makes sense. Like when she's, for instance, asleep in her apartment and someone bangs on the door with intent, like we hear how loud that must sound to you woken up out of a pure sleep. Well, it's not even a pure sleep sometimes when she's so focused on the music too. You know, when she's well, like yeah, composing I mean, yeah. and writing, she's so in touch with it and it just snaps her out like the, the door buzzer thing and all that. It's interesting how that works out. So I, I agree. That's the sound design. In this movie is something great. If you have a good sound on your TV, it will, or in the theater, it, it will stand out to mm-hmm. almost an annoying amount. It'll, it'll absolutely stand, stand, stand out. So also movies like this will let you know if your movie theater does not have good sound, by the way, <laughs> that's true. That is very true. So what do we notice about what, how would you describe outside of being arrogant and the best she, how else would you describe Lydia Tarr from narcissist? Okay, narcissist um, thinks she can control every situation. Yep. Um, it's just everything that comes with ego and narcissism, this woman is. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost kind of annoying and heartbreaking at the same time to watch how some of these um, scenarios play themselves out. Because yep. it's – she could have – if she just wasn't like that, it wouldn't have to go that way. You know, and the, there's a scene in a, in a classroom, for instance, of – She's she's at Juilliard. She's teaching at Juilliard, right? She is uh, doing a guest a guest teaching thing at Juilliard. She, yes, she, and she has a small good, school, small <laughs> musical school. Maybe you've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. And she's doing a guest lecture, and she's focused on this one student who describes himself as um, was a non-binary. Well, he said he didn't like Bach. Oh, he liked Bach Sebastian Bach, he one of like the most Bach. famous yeah. composers of all time, because he had like twenty kids and he didn't identify with. Well, him. he didn't like Bach because you know he considered Bach to be like a cis white male, yep. and then. Well, he said it because he doesn't, he couldn't identify with somebody like that. Fair enough, couldn't identify with. And him. and Lydia Tarr, who self proclaimed, uh, how did what kind of lesbian did she refer to herself as? Uh, that I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Refers to herself very crudely as a lesbian. Says basically says, "Son, you got to get over it because this is some of the best music you could ever ever have the privilege to conduct." And basically, the guy storms off in tears after a couple of rounds back and forth. So yeah, calls her an asshole and says, "This is I, yeah. I'm done. I'm leaving. You're an asshole." Yep. And that that kind of is an interesting precedent to set for. I mean, the character of that happens fairly early. And so that's an interesting. Oh, it's, a, it's like, less than a half hour in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's that's Lydia Tarr is like she finds something and then she's unapologetically <laughs> Lydia Tarr. She <laughs> finds something and digs in until she exploits it completely. And she's got you and she's got you emotional and revved up. And like that kind of person is just what we're dealing with here when, when, when we when we are talking about the movie Tarr, that kind of character. And that that that's a that's like an extreme character. You know, it's. Yeah, it takes someone like Kate Blanchett to play that character to as effective as it is. It, this couldn't have been any any actress off the street. Not saying bad about most actresses, but you just most people could not pull this off in the in the way it needed to be pulled off to 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 do this. 
which I, th- which I, th- I think is important, which is how they got Kate Blanchett, someone of her caliber, is had to be someone of her caliber. I do think there are other people that could have done this. Uh, but again, there's not. I mean, Sandra Bullock probably could have done it. Uh, who else? Who else do you think? I don't. I don't think Sandra Bullock can play asshole enough. Um, I think if she had to, she could. I mean, she. I think it'd be less believable. Seriously, you don't think like her her straight shooting character in uh, the Blind Side was kind of similar? But she's got a soft spot, man. That whole movie's about That's that. Okay. Okay. Fair. But so does Lydia Tarr, like her adoptive daughter. That's that's the mm. one that's the one relationship as someone tells her that it's not a dependent it's not Tar controlling everything is that okay. relationship. Sure. So I mean that says something about she does have somewhat of a soft spot is Well Petra, yeah, sure. So I mean she other, loves her daughter. I was trying to think of other women that I think could have pulled this off. I'm just not sure how many I mean there's it's like there's gotta be less than five that could have done this as effective. I mean go well, let me okay. Do you think Jennifer Anderson could have done this? maybe that's a big maybe okay fair enough that's 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 a big maybe um but anyway so i just i like to think about that because it's again it's one of those movies you just you got to have the right person in the right in the role for this so 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 tar then let's talk about the kind of the spiral down as she takes she's had so she the 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 girl who commits suicide who kind of starts the whole downward spiral krista taylor Krista Taylor is, you know, she's giving reason as she did this thing as, you know, Tar riding her over and over again and probably being a little inappropriate. Yeah. So, I mean, Lydia Tar maybe has a reputation for grooming young women sexually and exploiting their talents. So we never get super conclusive facts on that, by the way. No, we don't. Honestly, and it's probably better that we don't too. No, I, I think it adds yeah. to the the mystique of that that we don't get a clear cut thing. Because I mean, she denies everything. No one ever really has full blown proof that any of this stuff happened. And the one person that may have had something to do with it kind of basically just disappears on her, right? Yep, just up and leaves. Yep, barely leaves her a forwarding address. Um, mm-hmm. so. It, it's that spiral of everything. It's she's trying to keep her world together where like it's kind of falling apart. One of those kind of scenarios, but it's it's definitely cracked around the edges at, at the start and then fractures by the end. It does, and it's it it it's even more apparent when you consider some of these seem a lot of these scenes are so long that yep. and they they are. It's it's almost kind of like you're kind of looking at your watch. Okay, when's when are we going to move away from this scene? Because we've been at this table now with them for 12 minutes, and they're just mm. talking about day to day operations in the conducting world. What are we doing? You know, I say the Tarantino fashion because you remember the opening to um, Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Of how long winded that was, and how I mean, yep. it has there's a thematic reason for that in that movie, but there's a lot of that in this movie too. Not that Tarantino wrote it, but a lot of that kind of style of just man that, cause that first interview, it goes on for a long time. It's several minutes. Yep. And same with all the conversations she has with people, you know, the conversations with Mark strong at the table, the conversations mm-hmm. with her, um, with her partner in the apartment, mm-hmm. by the way that like all, I love all the dim lighting of her apartment. It made to, is that made to look like kind of a cave or something, a bunker cave, like a bunker. I think. Yeah. That, 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 that makes a lot of sense, but 
I did love kind of the aesthetic to this one too. There's a lot of darks, a lot of lights, a lot of shadows uh, in in this one. And I, I, I do appreciate how like there was kind of a a horror element, you know, for a few minutes. There you, is some know, creepiness in this movie for when, sure. When she's trying to follow a girl and give her her, her like her whatever the doll that is. Mm-hmm. And she goes underneath this. She, first of all, why? Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nope. You 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 walk in a courtyard and there's mattresses everywhere. There's a bunch of boards up, stairwells that go nowhere. And you turn around and there's just a stairwell that goes down into mm-hmm. dark, dank basement. Why the hell would you go down there? Why in the world? I mean, I <laughs> would just get back into my big fancy Porsche and get the fuck out of there. Mm. That's just me, though. I mean, she did everything she could. She got out, yelled the girl's name, couldn't find her. Okay, we'll just put Not in your car. Too give, bad. Give shitty bear's mine. Yeah, just give it to her <laughs> next time you see her. Jeez. Which, I mean, it leads to something that also is very on point for Tar in this movie, too, about, again, she can't just tell the truth about what happened. Like, she <clears throat> she has to lie about it and say she was attacked, accosted by somebody. She can't right. just tell the truth. <clears throat> that also has, you know, incredible tendrils in in the movie, too, is... It's just so. Let's give the the other this last part of the conversation towards. Can I can I ask you a question, Roger? And I and and I do mean this in in seriousness. If Tar, by the way, so Tar it's Tar herself. Lydia Tar is a fictional character; doesn't exist. But all the not. but all the people that she references in our world, like you know Bach, Beethoven, all these great composers, they all do exist. So I thought that was kind of an interesting point there too is, but if Lydia Tarr was not, if if the character of Lydia Tarr, she was not a lesbian, would this movie be nominated? Um, Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't think because she plays a gay character in here, that's why it's nominated. Listen, I can see why artsy people like this movie. I mean, at many points in this movie, I thought it's interesting how, you know, you see the day-to-day life and, you know, the, the Oscar side comes from her being like all out of like her life coming apart. Like I get that. Um, that being said, you know, this movie won't be for everybody. The people are going to find, some people are going to find this movie incredibly fucking boring. Right. That's, like that's my point though, is that's what I want. That's kind of who I want to talk to now is, but those people aren't wrong. No. But so do you remember last year? I think it was last year. Was that no band land? Was that last year or two yeah, years ago? That was last year. Last year, so so we were we were really split on Nomadland, right? Um, like I didn't like it at all. Um, I thought it was boring. I thought it was self righteous. You know, one of those white yank yank movies, right? Like nobody cares about. I I would not have a problem with people feeling this exact same way about Tar. You look at it and be like, why did this get nominated? And they'd be like, well, this and this and this. Listen, past the sound mix and Kate Blanchett being awesome, like always. I don't really have a whole lot of positive stuff to say here. You know, there's a, there's a story here that is believable, um, especially with the way things are in life. Now we find out a lot about, you know, supposedly famous people. I understand that this is fictional, but this is a story we have seen before, right? (laughs) We've seen play out in real life media. Um, I could also see why people would be like, oh, I love this movie. It's an incredible deep dive into a fictional character that absolutely could be real, blah, blah, blah. I get where people would do that too, but it's not really for me, right? And I have a feeling it's not really for you either. Am I right? No, you're right, but it's not not for me. It's just 
So, okay, let me ask a follow-up question. Who is this movie aimed at? Uh, that one I'm not 100% sure of because I don't know a single other person besides me and you and my wife now because she watched Tar with me that have seen Tar. Do you? Uh, no, I, I mean, not that I don't, I haven't talked to my, to my friends about, I mean, well, but, so, I mean, I, I would be interested to see and be like, Hey, did you guys check out tar? I'd like to see how many of them just even say the yes to that answer. Well, I, and, and you're right about that. And it's the conversation I've had recently is, you know, there were a lot of people were sending me emails about you drew a line in the sand. I told you last episode about the less objective, but again, one of the, one kind of an addendum question to that is it, <laughs> If this movie wasn't nominated by the Academy, would anyone say good things about it? That's the thing is like I don't know in which on what order that happens. Well, I, I will be a hundred percent honest with you. As a guy on a movie podcast that watches well over five hundred movies a year, um, if it wasn't nominated for an Oscar, Tar would have never come across our board. That's probably the same for ninety percent of people that you know, exist in the world is, well, I mean, I think it's gotta be higher number than that. It's gotta be like 99%. Like we're like, I don't, I don't want to be movie snobbish about us for a second. We watch more movies than the average movie goer by a large margin. Well, you and Chris now do, but I mean, I watch 10 times what you, I watch 10 times what, what you and Chris do. So yeah, like you're even above me and Chris, but like, we're still like, we're top 5% people in the amount of movies that we watch, especially new stuff. Yeah, I, like, I, we're I always there, and this movie would not have been on our radar had she had it not been nominated. Like it wouldn't. But that's the thing is, I I, I understand what I like. I get that aspect of it, but I mean, who's making these choices? And like we know the Academy. Okay, well, mm-hmm. how does this? Movie well, we have no across? idea what their criteria okay, well, is. Well, look at okay, Triangle of Sadness. Less than mm-hmm. what'd you say that the that the take for four point million dollars domestically. That's terrible. You know, that's awful. I mean is nominated for best picture and it made less than four million dollars that's it does it just it just means that no one even knows what it is and like i'm not trying to be all high and righteous about or all high and mighty and righteous about what can be nominated and what can't that's a different conversation but you can't just nominate things that at least in my mind that don't that 10 people have seen you know, they. Sh- I mean, eligibility needs to be a thing. Obviously, this movie met the criteria to be eligible to be nominated for any award, and I get that. But again, out of those people who, of those normal people in Los Angeles and New York that watch this on its normal theatrical run in October of 2022 into November, how many of them left the theater like that's best picture, hundred percent? I'll bet I, you, not many people left the theater thinking that. As a matter of fact, I bet you a lot of people left the theater before it was done. Well, I mean, I'll go back, and I don't like to compare movies straight up against each other, but let's talk about what we just talked about last week, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Do you think when people left the movie theater on that one, if they actually seen it, or people that do see it now are like, that's best picture? Well, I don't think that, but I mean, I I only only gave it an eight and a half. I, I don't... I don't want to think that a best picture can be an eight and a half from someone. And Well, no, you're right, though, but I mean, think about it. You know, we're in the top 1% of people that watch movies. We are. You're. You're. You're not wrong about that. I mean, I won't say maybe not one, but it's certainly top. Top. top okay. Top ten percent. Top. Okay. Top sure. ten is is absolutely a comment. I'm. I'm confident about making top ten. Um. Sure. I. But it's. It's one of those things that. If this wins and Top Gun doesn't like that, that all it says to me is checklist. 
That's all it says. Because Top Gun, okay, okay, let me ask the same question I asked you with everything ever all at once. Does this movie deserve to win more than Top Gun? No. I mean, I mean, I don't think so. I, I'm for me, that's a hard no. That's an absolute hard no. Period. Stop. Full stop. End of end of end of discussion. There's no way. So I mean, with that in mind, how do you proceed with giving this movie accolades then? And I'm not just saying because I don't think so, but I, I would bet a fair number of people probably th- would would agree with me. On a you know, if if you polled a hundred thousand people which movie they thought should win Best Picture, and you showed them both these movies, I don't know how many would say Tar. <laughs> I just don't. No, <laughs> it's true. I mean, let me. I'm I'm trying to be as 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 democratic as I can about this process here and just give people the absolute choice. But again, I don't want to say that my opinion is the right one. But um, I watch Tar. <laughs> You know, I just I can't see the average person thinking too highly of this movie. But again, that's my opinion. No, is this movie better than Avatar? I would give Tar the edge on that one. Okay, but I mean, I don't think too highly of Avatar, so that's not speaking too highly of Tar either. I mean, I love the Avatar mm-hmm. because you know I, I'm a James Cameron, and I have the the James Cameron in a heart picture that Chris sent me for Christmas and hanging yeah, no, up it's in, great. in my, in I my love office. It. But I mean, it's, I, I, I can be a realist and say that, you know, Avatar was great, you know, uh, technically, but as far as like a story and a, and a movie overall package, maybe, Seen it before. maybe not the, maybe not deserving of the awards. It's probably going to win the technical awards. I don't see how the movie's not going to win technical awards. But All right. Well, let me, let me go straight up for you. Is it better than Elvis? Yes. Okay. But Elvis, we didn't. I mean, good lord! I don't. Elvis was. We not weren't a good big movie. fans of Elvis. I don't understand why Elvis is nominated for Best Picture, but it is. But it is. Let's is do it better more. than Banshees of Inisherin? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Let's just so, run run down the list of a few more, and then we'll move to score. Uh, the only one, the only one that I can talk to is. Okay, well, is it better than Everything Everywhere All at Once? No, in my opinion, no. Okay. And then the last one I can ask about is, and I, I'm pretty sure the answer to it is no on this one. Is it better than All Quiet on the Western Front? I don't think so. No, absolutely not. Right? Nope. So but, you saw the Fablemans. Is this better than the Fablemans? Actually, I think the Fablemans is better than Tar. Okay. I do think that is a true statement. But okay, so absolute last question I want to ask before we move into scoring then is okay. Where does okay? So we say fun matters, and I th- yep. I think somewhere in the in in the scoring ether, fun really does have to have a presence. It does. I mean, that's why we like Mike Banning's movies so much because they're fun. But so let me ask you this one last thing: is a movie that's not straightforward like Tar and like everything everywhere all at once? We're like it's it's for most for everyone that walks out of there, fifty percent understood what happened, fifty percent didn't, and there's and there's nothing against the fifty percent that didn't. It just it's a hard movie to follow. Yep. I, th- I think Tar is one of those movies where unless you're glued to the television and your mind doesn't start to wander in those you know nine-minute segments of conversations at a table, you're going to start to miss and zone out and miss some, some, key, some key things that you need to piece Tar together and really think yep. about it as, as a whole product. So I, I always ask this question, but confusing movies, if the general populace can't follow the plot <laughs> – can they be? I mean, how good can they be? Is the question that I always ask. And this is just me right. being. They don't. They don't have to be overly simple, 
but they shouldn't be. You shouldn't have to study every frame of every conversation. No, but you also should completely have to, understand what's going on. You also shouldn't have to read any material as supplemental material to get it. You know, nope. you should you should walk away from the movie knowing who the protagonist was, who the villain was, what the obstacles were, why the protagonist eventually won out over the villain. Like very basic yeah. questions. If, you know? if you're the kind of person that goes after a movie and Google's what is Tar about, and they'd be like, watch this five minute video to completely understand. You fucked up. Like that's not, and it does. Like, that's not, I just, not acceptable. I just typed in Google "what is tar" and then it the auto finish was about. So you know, ten thousands so, of people so are typing what asking is tar that about. question. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's the thing is, I, I don't know. I just again, I come off as all high and right. I don't mean to, but we're running a little late on this, so we should move in to score it. But um, and right. you know, well, I, I, I go first. Yeah, sure. I ask you to put you know your honest assessment forward because I mean, mine's going to be. So I mean, I always I always put my honest assessment forward. Obviously, like I said, all jokes aside, I if you listen to our last episode talking about Magical Michael the uh, Third, I do make a reference that I gave a movie uh, everything everywhere all at once that is nominated for what fourteen Oscars, I believe it is. I gave it a three and a half last week. It's nominated so, for quite a few. Yeah. You know, so obviously I don't always agree with critical acclaim. Um, now, look, I don't think Tar is bad. I just don't think Tar is very good. Tar is decidedly average for me. Um, past the sound and past Kate Blanchett, the story, it's not really interesting. It's not really novel. You know, it's not, it's stuff we've seen before. It's like watching somebody's life come apart by shitty decisions that they made in the past. Okay. We've seen this before. Um, you know, there's some cool imagery. Like, you know, we get to see some inner workings of like big famous theater halls and stuff. That's kind of cool. Like that shit's actually interesting to somebody like me. Cause I'm a dork, but it doesn't really help the movie. And for the average person, it doesn't help at all. Um, now that's a long winded way for me to say average and give it a five. Because, I mean, that's what this is to me. It's a five. It's right in the middle. Um, no one else is going to watch Tar. I will never have a conversation about Tar to any other people besides probably you um, about what Tar is about. Like, I, I, I just won't. Um, so that's how I feel. Okay. So no, no, noted. I, I, I get that. That's, that. that's fair. I also feel the same. I've seen, I've seen Tar twice. I've seen the theatrical run, and I've seen once on my TV where I'm the, the house I'm renting. And it, it, again, you, I will always say this: something is lost when if you're not watching it in the theater. It's just, I know you and Chris don't always agree with me on that, but for this movie, even I think something is lost because there's just, it's too easy to think about other things if you're, if you're home and at least for me anyway but so so the, I, I i did appreciate it a lot more on the big screen than i did watching it here but i agree with you that there's something that what you said something last week about everything everywhere all at once was you you know you admitted that you know this movie's not for you and you might not have gotten some of the things that they put in there to get and i'm gonna say that about this one is i don't see the big hoopla behind tar i don't i okay. think tar is i think tar is a six now, keep in mind, if, if you're listening to this on, you know, Friday, the 24th, on, you know, if you listen to the episode previous to this, I gave Magic Mike's Last Dance a six and a half. Because, I mean, yes. I think the way I look at movies, I look at them with pure emotion. My heart goes into it, pure emotion and, and, and enjoyability. And unfortunately, that, that formula for me puts Magic Mike's Last Dance above Tar. Tar, to me, it's... There's probably more here with Tar than I should have, as being someone who went through several courses 
writing courses in film school and all that, I should probably appreciate tar a lot more than I do. I just don't. Outside of what you said, I'm never going to besmirch Kate Blanchett. She's incredible in everything she's in. She, you know, one of the premier women in Hollywood. Absolutely. Um, again, but I, I just don't see the magic that everyone does with tar with all these nominations. Um, and that's just, you know, I'm trying to be honest here. So I'm hoping that a lot of people feel that same way. I'm not hoping they do, but if you do feel the same way, know that you're not alone (laughs) that, you know, if you look at some of these movies that get nominated, like, why is that movie nominated? What in the hell? Then, I mean, obviously hundreds of thousands of people feel that way. And this is just one of those movies. that's going to be very divisive for people is tar. I just, you know, unfortunately it's going to be one of those pinky movies that you either going to like it lie and say you liked it or not like it at all. Those are three categories. So yeah. I uh I love that the fact of our most recent Oscar movies I given a combined score of eight and a half. <laughs> and they're both like <laughs> and they're both like heavy contenders for multi nominated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah baby movie snob this guy. Well I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just you know we again what's the quote you heard from some guy in a podcast? Don't listen to <laughs> Yeah, don't do not don't listen to an asshole on the radio. Don't, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. You know, that being said, we're thank you for listening, and we're happy that you do. But yeah, no, know, we're glad you're here, folks. Know that what we, know that we don't think what we say is is truth. We just oh no, listen, I'm 100 percent full of shit. <laughs> Yeah, so, me too, Moses. I've been, you know, Roger will tell you from my marquee, working at Marquee Cinema days, I've toned down quite a bit. This is a better version of Grayson, I assure you. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, there's a bigger world out there and I've experienced it, so I've, I've kind of tampered my expectations with with who, where I fit. But again, I, you know, tar is what it is to me. It is, if it wins, I'm going to continue to be baffled about how it beat anything out. But anyway, man, thank you again for joining me, Roger. Absolutely. I realize I I don't thank you and Chris enough on the show. Someone pointed that out. He goes, those guys are with you pretty much week after week, and you never thank them. So thank you, Roger. Thank you, Chris, if you're listening. And thank you, Chris's wife, for listening to us every week. She does listen. Thank you to all that do listen. This has been episode 318B of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every... (laughs) B, indeed. Each episode... Post every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five and Friday at 5 a.m. Apple Podcast, Podbean, Google Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. We're always posting things on social media. We I posted some pretty interesting stories uh, this this past two weeks about you know, the huge budget of a movie and several actors that were taken out of one movie last minute and put into another. And it, we know the movie is one way and it's just a really interesting story. You guys should check, check, check out. Uh, and next week we're taking a look at Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania and on Apple TV, Sharper. Sharper.